fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. It's Monday, November 21st, 2011. Episode 97.5 of the Hot Box. My name is Matt. My name's Ian. Did you hear that? Was that a knock at the... No, they don't <laughs> knock. They uh, no knock. No, they, they they certainly don't knock. Welcome back, But bud. they didn't have to knock because um, my We're doors open are open. Business. <laughs> <laughs> open sign was on. We didn't I have mean, to knock and we didn't have to do uh, 12 months worth of surveillance because we have this thing called uh, the Yellow Pages. And we went to D. Actually, we went to D and it said dispensary uh, M marijuana. So then we went to M and then we had a whole list and we were like... Sir, I just earned my fucking $300 for today. I just did all my yeah. surveillance and research. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, the Hotbox Marijuana Podcast. The Hotbox Schedule 1 Marijuana Podcast. Federally illegal, but certain states do accept this, this and little fact. You know what's interesting about uh, the, the Hotbox Podcast is this is actually a... Um, how would you say this? I've I've talked to this well is the associated our lives. The Associated Press has contacted me. Mm-hmm. I've had several Montana news organizations mm-hmm. call me. The Great TV Falls stations. Did you talk yep. to uh, John? I, you know, I talked to them and said that I really couldn't, didn't want to say anything. Um, and so this is kind of like an exclusive interview. All the Associated Press is probably going to want to listen to this. You all these might. other, all you these other might. news organizations are probably wanting to hear this because everybody wanted to hear about what happened and and what it was like and you know about the experience of having um like 12 federal agencies uh, burst through the door roll and, into your place of business yeah. during office hours yeah and and, and you know instruct you it, and they, so did they did they purchase anything or did they just no, take what they wanted they just take took yeah yeah they, they take i'm gonna actually they, they here, i'm gonna it. i'm gonna do you one better i'm gonna take the pot and I'm going to take your money. How about that? Yeah, What's up now? <laughs> pretty much. But that's all they took. So, well, that's, um, that's fine. Uh, there's, so here's the deal. Um, and if you do have any questions, you can give us a call, 406-204-4687. I'll screen them and keep them brief. Uh, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. Listen and watch us live. And, uh, yeah, this is a, a half episode. We use half episodes for interviews, for specials. If you want to hear... My side of what I experienced uh, during these raids here in Kalispell, Montana, you can listen to episode 97 uh, I hosted with Rose Habib from Cannab Analysis. And then at the very end of the episode, about uh, the last half hour, a gentleman from Florida calls in and he talks about his experience contacting local officials uh, about how one might uh, raise a, a, a complaint and uh, what course of action should be should be taken. So... I'm glad you're back, though. First and foremost, I am. Like, I I was really kind of worried for a sec. I, you know, I actually, I, was, I thought I was going to be arrested. Um, well, usually when cops come in and and take you know things and have warrants, that there are arrests. And I, and I was in handcuffs. Um, Me too. High fives. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Two totally awesome. different reasons. Yeah. Um. So Wednesday, ten o'clock in the morning, which is when my dispensary opens, mm-hmm. uh, at ten o'clock. 
the uh, federal government came through our door. Um, guns weren't drawn. Um, they came in, and it was so funny, too, because I, my first patient of the day had been there. He was there at 10 o'clock, and I had just, I had just grabbed the jars out of the safe, and I was, like, setting up the racks. And he had, he, when I walked around the counter to help him out, he said, uh, you know, I'm going to have two grams of the police are here. You know, well, I don't have that strain. I mean, what? You know, what? like the police, you know, and I turn around and in comes like single file, a bunch of, a bunch of guys. I mean, they had flak jacket things on, like, I don't know. It was, it Rocking was, the Kevlar. Yeah. And, and the so, three letter designations on the back. Yeah. All sorts of things. And, you know, they instructed us to put our hands up and they put us both in handcuffs. Um, they separated us. Obviously they drug me out into the front of the shop there and sat me in a chair and handcuffed me there and. And to the chair, yeah, like yeah. Jeff like Bauer I, style. Like, like I was gonna, gonna run. We're gonna rough you up, and like I was gonna run, oh, and wow. I couldn't run with the chair, you know, or something, or whatever. But I okay. understand. The, People watch too many movies. Yeah, they, I'm they say. Hand, it really kind of felt like it was a scene out of a movie. They were. I could hear them questioning my patient about why he was there and <laughs> what you know, like what is he doing? And you know, it's like obviously he's here to pick up his cannabis. It makes sense now why the other head shops also sell like sex toys. Because <laughs> what are you here for? Well, not the not the marijuana stuff. I'm here for the dildos. Yeah, right. I mean, like, what are you here uh, for? I'm here for my DVD. <laughs> <laughs> um. While I'm, how Burger says in the chat, stoners don't run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, right. That's PCP you're thinking of, and good luck catching them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I'm handcuffed to a chair in the front of my shop. Open sign still on. Doors, you know, they lock the doors, of course, and and uh, started asking me some really absurd questions about where's the cocaine, where's the methamphetamine, where are your firearms. And these are all questions. This isn't Snappy Sports Center, bro. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't know what to what? say. Like I was kind of caught off guard because I thought it was gonna. Their questions would be cannabis related. I'm like waiting for Ashton to come out and be like, "I just punked you." Yeah, right. Like <laughs> we're going to dispensaries and we're gonna fake a ray. Like, yeah, you like, need ratings. <laughs> I it caught me off guard because you know we don't have anything to do with those kinds of drugs, right? And and we've this said is a, this on the show before. Like you are like out of all of the places that I've had experience with, you guys are like the most up and up and proper. And here's the record keeping and like yeah. really everything's Which, out in the open. You're Yeah, it's not a secret what we do. Exactly. It's not I mean, there's no pot leaves on the doors or windows or signs or advertising but that's really. Because but it's not a business that you can advertise and get new people right, right. away like that. These people right. to go to you have to go through a process that is way more extensive now under the new laws, four twenty three. Right. And and we've gone to some extreme lengths to comply with SB 423 um, you, you know no more cooperative grows so we can't have more than one provider growing cannabis in the same location and you know there's been a lot of things that we've had to change around as far as logistics of producing cannabis um, for our patients to you know so we're in compliance with state law exactly. not to mention all the record keeping you know I, I keep meticulous records every dollar every gram any transaction and that's to prevent against the whole <laughs> getting rated four thousand dollars now where did it come from right exactly and, and so every like, here this is where it came from. and every dollar that is there can be accounted for gram by gram by gram and who purchased it and when they did and how much and all of those things and so right um, being asked about other drugs was kind of unnerving. Like, I didn't know if that was just part of the process like, or wait, we can sell other. D oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, right. You yeah, know, and, that's... and 
you know, they wanted to, they, they asked me when, when we received our shipments in from out of state. And it was, uh, what are you talking about? Have you been out of state? Their pot is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? And the, in, in this slew of questions, I get asked, who are you? <laughs> well, who are you? You know, my name's Ian. I, I work here. You guys really need well, on and the guy's looking through his folder. He doesn't have anything on me, and so this is what started to kind of lean me towards that they didn't really investigate us because if, I mean, if even if they like staked out our dispensary for two days, what would they have? They're gonna see me going in and out of the shop. I mean, like I work there, and so not only did they not know who I was, they had no idea about me or anybody else except for my boss. And so, which which was really strange because I, I it felt like they were looking for something they weren't going to find. They call that a fishing expedition. R- right, and so they're looking for other drugs and firearms and all these things, you know, and, I, and where's the secret stash at? And they really wanted to know, like... What, you know, like where the secret stash was or where my stash of guns was. Like you know? they and wanted it's like, the map a, to your underground yeah, semi-container. This is a safe environment for patients to obtain cannabis. Like there yeah. are no firearms. There are no, <laughs> are no other drugs. That is the point of this dispensary right. is to give people a safe, clean environment with knowledgeable staff to obtain cannabis. If and people so, wanted that, they would go to like Evergreen or you, something. <laughs> I mean, You know, a secret stash, like... That doesn't serve any purpose in a dispensary. If I was to hide something, I couldn't sell it. That's not the point of us being down there. Right. I didn't feel like we had like to hide anything. We have pot anything. in this building, and if you find it, I'll sell it to you. Right. Here's the map. Right. <laughs> what? This is um, Indiana Jones, dude. It's a uh, business. And they were switching off. There's there's five officers that has surrounded me. And, you know, Good it cop, wasn't... Good cop, bad cop? No, it was. It started out to be all bad cop, bad cop, bad cop. That's not good. <laughs> and the so there's the DEA, DEA, the FBI, uh, Secret Service. I heard ICE. Yeah, ICE was involved. Homeland Security, huh. um, Border Were you guys Patrol. Hiring Mexicans. They I, saw. They're like that new water guy. He's got to be an illegal. Look at that <laughs> terrible mustache. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um. You know, and I was I was pretty shaken up at first. You know, it's it's kind of rough. Like I hadn't even been awake an hour, and I'm in handcuffs, being questioned by federal agents. And so, oh yeah, I mean, and then the questions that they were asking me were so absurd. Like I was (laughs) I I was offended. (laughs) Pinch me. Yeah, like are you serious? I don't know anything about cocaine and methamphetamine. That's it was insulting. I know there's like five billboards about it between here and my house. Right, (laughs) like Like, most of my so bizarre and. You know, after their after they did like their initial sweep, you know, they they opened all the doors and looked around, and and I think they kind of figured Knocked out on pretty, all the walls and like yeah, shouted think, out abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they figured out that they weren't going to find any guns, and and you know nobody was in any direct danger while being at my shop, and so and it was just um, you there, me and, and a patient, patient. but and, j- just you working, correct, right? And so just just uh, uh you know. During this this first fifteen minutes or so, being drilled about things that I know nothing about because that stuff doesn't take place there. And of course, they probably think you're lying about it because you know they're like, "Uh, what methamphetamines? Like, Give us the meth," you know. Right. Like, out of all the questions to kind of start out with, that seems like I think if they really wanted, there was no drug dogs. 
And so that was really odd to me. Like, if you're looking for drugs, why not bring a drug dog? Like, that would help. You know, I mean, can you smell? <laughs> yeah, I, I it was so absurd. And so then, um, the questions kind of started to change a little bit because I think they started to realize that there's not this. They're not going to find something out of line in my shop. I mean. I, I keep records of everything. Well, everything's rather clean. You present yourself. Everything's and- yeah. Everything's on display, and I'm not a I'm not a criminal. Like I exactly. I'm I'm there doing my job. You can't be in this industry. Right. We've seen right. Um, so as I'm sitting there in handcuffs, and they're like going through things. It was so interesting because some of these officers they didn't even know what some of my products were, like the glycerin tincture. They didn't know what that was. They thought it was like TNT or something. Like, you know, they were like, explosive? "What is this?" Huh. Well, it's an organic glycerin tincture, and does this have marijuana in it? No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. like actually, oh. yeah, yeah, it does. And you, you know, they. I have cooking oils up there, and they were, like, surprised because I have, like, eight different kinds of cooking oils, you know, like, like strain-specific. <laughs> like, right. Like, strain-specific cooking oils. And, right. like, I think that they had seen butter or cooking oil before, but not, you know, labeled in nice oil bottles, like, right. indicating the different kinds of strains and, and genetic makeup of the medicine that was used to medicate that oil. Did they say anything about your color-coded jar system well you know what's funny is that after it they makes it handy yeah yeah well it's funny because they asked me you know like where is my personal marijuana stash and i was like whoa what? officer i'm sorry but i'm not a patient i don't even smoke marijuana and he you know this this blew them away and there's like oh you don't ever smoke marijuana and i said i do like, on I'm occasion <laughs> but not like regularly thank you very much for asking and he says well you're not stoned right now that's profiling. Well, I man. know that I'm not stoned right now. Thank you. I just got to work. Like I'm. I shit. You're right. Hold on. I'll be right back. Like, right. What like, are you expecting? I'm, from- yeah, I'm not stoned. Is that the and, stereotype? Is that a, a case of well, I think airport that's, profiling out of the airport? Well, I think that that's a stereotype not only with just the federal government, but with other people too. Like when you come into a dispensary, I think that the first thing you expect is the person that's working there is going to be baked out of Bruce, their mind. What's up? Right, and like that's not that's not how I do things. I don't. I'm not high at work. You know, I don't even smoke here at the show because I'm doing something, and you know, I have to drive afterwards. I don't know exactly. I practice what I preach, and so, um, you know, my personal stash. Like, uh, sorry, I'm not a patient, and I don't. You know, I don't have a personal stash. I'm a provider. I have one card, and I was, you know, instructed by the Montana Cannabis Industry Association to get a provider card to right. show that I am eligible to dispense marijuana. In other words, I don't have a criminal record, and I am eligible to do so. And you guys have my fingerprints, and you still don't know who I am? Right. Huh. You know, like, wh- okay. what kind of inv- – I, I guess I was just kind of perplexed at what kind of investigation – took place if they didn't know who ran the store like and so this like again this is this is something it was not up to my expectations i expected them come through and say you know ian baker get on the floor or we know who you are or you know knowing something about our business something about it honestly if you google ian baker kalispell montana you get this thing that says cases filed matching ian baker by uh Alameda, that's not even you. And then right. you get mylife.com, which not is me. not you. Another mylife.com, which is not you. And then the Hotbox Company, Kalispell, Montana, Facebook page. 
Matt Lee and Ian Baker. <laughs> and like, but the rest of it, like, and then Big Sky Health comes up for uh, seventh one down, and then your MySpace. MySpace.com slash bake underscore show. Is that you? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Back in the, ooh, that was like. <laughs> and then the hot That was like 19. Again. So even like a, a Google, like what, what kind of research did you guys do? I don't think they did any on us particularly. Um, the deal is, is that they, they raided Big Sky Health um, down in Missoula. And, and our shop seven months ago was a Big Sky Health. We just recently took the, took the facility over. Um, the gentleman that owned Big Sky Health no longer involved in the building, um, and they left last March, April first. We took over full control of the facility, and it became our business. Right. And so they've been investigating Big Sky Health for the last year or whatever. And a year ago, they would have been investigating our location. Um, th- th- that's not the case anymore. And I think that you know, I got asked if I knew a, a name, and I don't even remember what name they asked me, but it wasn't a Anyone name that I... you knew? No, not at all. And they're like, oh, well, then, you know, how do you... You know, they asked about how I knew my employer, and I said, well, he's my boss. Like, how do you... That, that's, I mean, he hired me. That's, <laughs> right. that's why I'm here. And it seemed like they still assumed that we were part of the Big Sky Health thing. Very quickly finding out that we weren't. And, you know, I have, like I said, I have financial records for every dollar and every gram that's ever gone through our shop. And they weren't even really all that interested in that. Really? Um, they didn't look through anything to do with our patients. Matter of fact, the officer opened up the file cabinet and then quickly shut the drawer and said, oh, I, I, I can't look in there. And why is that? The HIPAA laws prevent me from knowing mm-hmm. anything about your patients. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was offering him my business receipts for every expenditure that's ever happened since April 1st when we took over this business. You know, and it's receipts for like pens and paper and printer ink and, and you know what I mean? Like business, business supplies. Right. Like these are office supplies and things that we've purchased for the business. And I've kept receipts. And he kind of thumbed through them and it was like, uh, you know what? I, I don't really need any of this. Like this isn't going to do us any like, good. Like that's not what you guys are here for? Like, really? you know, like here's – this is these are my expenses. Like this is res- proof of the money that I've spent. Like – Right you know, here, what? fourth line down, cocaine, expense. <laughs> right, like yeah, $400. like... $400. <laughs> I needed two eight balls real like, quick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, how's your evidence locker? They, uh, you know, and all these other raids, they confiscated a lot more things from these other people computers, than they confiscated. Computers, cell phones. And we got to keep all of that. They That's didn't crazy. take the computers. You know, they didn't take any firearms. Not that they well, were at and the like shop. Like said, halfway through their whole tone and well, right, because they weren't finding you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. They weren't finding <laughs> hundreds of pounds of cannabis either. The immigration you know? guy was like, "So no, like uh, child slavery here? Nothing, nothing like that." Yeah, well, and the methamphetamine task force obviously wasn't finding any like meth. Yeah. They weren't finding Powder any of these substances. other drugs. You know, like. It was our dispensary is exactly what we say it is. It's a right. cannabis dispensary. You know, there was there's probably less than like three pounds at the shop, and that's. I mean, that's. You know, we carry twenty four different varieties, and so like, you know, a little bit of each one. It, it wasn't Did even any all that plant much stuff. Count stuff or anything like that come up? No, we weren't over like- our plant count. We weren't over. We weren't even over our weight limit, wow. and so like, why I think- the tea? This whole thing, you guys are completely. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and still- you know, they had officers at, you know, at my employer's house. They had officers at the farm. They had, you know, they had officers doing all this stuff all at the same time. And I think that, you know, while I was talking to the DEA agent, um, 
he had to answer his cell phone a couple different times. And, and I'm thinking, I'm guessing that he was talking to the other officers at the other locations and they were kind of saying, right. like, well, no cocaine? No, they're either, huh? Yeah, like, well, you know, and there wasn't really even all that much stuff here. You know, there's, there's, there's 45 plants in this what building. What were they expecting to, like, honestly, what are you Well, I think that they were hoping to find something of vast interest. You know, either so a large sum of cash. if you would have had a cash. towel on your head, would they have been like, where's the explosives? We know it's here somewhere. Where's the anthrax? Where's right, Osama? You know, like, and I think that their investigation. profiling. They went from bad cop to neutral cop to, like. We're sorry. To, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they were just in we're there kind of like, well. You're going your friend out here with the camera for a minute. Yeah, and so as the, after about 45 minutes, they unhandcuff me, and the, the officer says, well, why don't you go down the hallway and get a cup of coffee or a cup of soup or something? And he's like, just stay close, because we'll be done here in about a half hour, and I'd like you to come back down so you can lock up. Or And what are they doing in this time? Still going through files, or what is and it? No, they can't go through the files, and so... Well, I meant like the invoices and receipts and stuff. Or no, they didn't is, want to look at that. What is their time spent doing? That's what I'm curious. You know, about. I think that they, you know, my Emptying guess is, is maybe they, or? maybe they planted a wire, or maybe they, you know, were I don't know what. But that's fine if they did because we can bug sweep. It's not that hard well, to do. Well, it's what fine if they did because there's nothing illegal that happens there. Also. Like there's no on uh, like top of I'm not even concerned if it is because there's there's nothing that goes on there that's shady. Exactly. Like. They could listen all they wanted. All they're going to hear. See, Berger has a point in the chat. He says they went from thinking major bust to we are going to get sued for false arrest. Right. Like because that. they I honestly think that they were investigating the guys that previously owned our a business in our location. Right. Seven months ago, they were no longer a part of it. And we took over new business name, new owners, new everything. And because they had been investigating them, I'm pretty sure they probably just assumed that this was some sort of cover to hide funds or to move things around, you know, and that's not the way it is. It's a completely new business. So, you know, they're, they're, they're searching all these different places. They're looking for all this weight. They're looking for, you know, something that's out of line and they're not finding it. Right. They're finding, you know, uh, somebody that's running a dispensary that has records of everything. They're finding up the the different gardens that they went to that they're within their plant numbers. You know, they're they're searching storage units, finding stuff you put in storage units. You know, old clothes and furniture and stuff. Um, they they took all the hoods and the lights out of the grow facilities, um, but left a majority of stuff. They took all the plants. They just ripped the plants out of the pots and put them in bags. Murderers. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Any genetics that are completely lost, like yeah. where you, that's that's what really oh, yeah. makes me mad well, about you that. Know, we is had that f- we finally find particular strains that really help the legitimately sick people, and then they just come and like tear them up. And yeah. there's no like we didn't make a yeah, backup. Absolutely, of that. you know like we had fi- we had 52 different varieties. We had 52 different strains that we yeah. were growing, and we don't have those 52 varieties anymore. I mean, we have. Um, well, no, we really don't have any of those anymore. So how disappointing for the last few years of us building up this this strain list and all these things that we were offering our patients. You know, and the DEA officer was asking me, you know, like, well, okay, so what's the what's the one what's the most potent one that everybody wants? 
And I said, well, not everybody so wants the most that? potent one. Uh, yeah. See, so then they're still in this mind state of we're all just getting high. And they don't right. understand that it's not exactly about that. And this is leading into the labels on the jars. And, exactly. you know, because, you know, obviously, since I'm not a patient, I'm not going to admit to having my own cannabis. And, you know, that's why the labels are on the jars, because, you know, even even if I smoked copious amounts of cannabis, I couldn't smoke all the varieties that we have and keep them all straight. I mean, if you have if you have so many strains like, you know, I I don't smoke enough cannabis to try them all. And so I've listened to patient reports and I've listened to patient feedback and I've made labels for each kind of cannabis that we have that kind of give you a quick rundown of, you know, each particular strain. Is yeah, it going to stimulate you your expect. appetite? Is it going to make you lazy? Is it going to help you sleep? Is it mm-hmm. going to be uplifting? Is it going to be positive? Is it going to make a smile on your face? Is it going to make you, you know, kill and rape and murder? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, all of these all of these labels are are, you know, on the jars for patient information it's it doesn't say the fucking chronic on one right this it doesn't is say the that bomb shit. This right, is like, the one hit a quitter and over here and they were and then another officer was like yeah all the well i guess all the high school kids are gonna have to find somewhere else to go and i said what? excuse me high school are kids you, can't come in here first of all you got to be 18 to even come in the you glass should know shop that in your surveillance what surveillance? They didn't surveillance anything. Unbelievable. The, and if they did, I think that they probably wouldn't have wasted their time. But that's the misconception, is that all these high schoolers are coming down to the pot shop. Well, that's what we heard in the legislative session, that yeah, the and it's like, smoking is going up and up and up. And it's like, wait a minute, you, high school kids don't come in here. First of all, you've got to be 18 to come into the glass shop, and you've got to be my patient to come into the, into the dispensary side. Exactly. High school kids don't come in here. They're not, they're not allowed by law. You know, I got asked where we smoke and inside, Cigarettes and I said outside. Where do you? No, and he said no. Where 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 do all your where do all your uh, customers smoke in here? And I said we what? we don't smoke inside. Look around, and you, I, dude. Where are you right now? Yeah, and there's a, even a sign oh posted God, on the counter man. that says, you know, it it. You know, there's a there's like a notice to all of our patients that not only do we not smoke in the facility, but you don't smoke around our facility. We've talked about you this need on to, the show. Yeah, you need to go home and smoke your medicine. Like this is not a this is not this a Rastafarian party. This is this is uh, this is this is something a little bit more serious. Um, you know, so we don't. Were you just appalled at the attitude and oh, the, yeah. the preconceptions you know, towards the, you personally because you work in a dispensary? You know, I, I think I broke their their stereotype of Good. me working in a dispensary because, you know, I, I was trying to tell them, like, the reason why we have so many different kinds of cannabis and that be, are my patients are not just looking for the most potent one to get them stoned. Right. I was like, my patients are looking for a specific trait in cannabis to help them with their particular ailment. And so, you know, like this AK-47 has like a strong anti-inflammatory property. It's really good for joint and muscle pain. And that's what it says on the damn jar. And then you have, and then you have the Jack Herrera, which is a really kind of uplifting, optimistic sativa. You know, it can help stimulate some appetite, but it's not going to make you sleepy. And that's why it says that on the jar. And, and it kind of was like talking to a brick wall. Oh, you're right. They they just want to know what's going to get them the most fucked up. Like, and it was believe like what they're going to believe. Right. And, and it's Justin like Justin Van Green says you got to realize these agents are lied to as much as the general public about this plant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so as they're as they're, you know, questioning me and, and trying to, 
you know, put all these put all these squares into a round hole. You know, all <laughs> these dirty <laughs> stoners, and you know, like there's nothing wow. decent. It was awesome because there was some patients still coming into the business or wanting to, and they'd grab the door, and it was locked, and the officer would open the door. You know, and it's like it's your t- typical patient, forty year old so and so. You know what I'm saying? Fifty five year old lady. Yep. You have all these. You know, no high schoolers are trying to come by at ten o'clock on a Wednesday they because they're like in school. Yeah, exactly. They make it sound like these kids are lining up at the door like, let us in! Right, and that's, you know, like I said, so they're misconceptions, and as they're talking to me, and, you know, I know about cannabinol and cannabinoids and CBN, CBDs, and tetrahydrocannabinol and all these... we talk about on the show. Yeah, all of these things, and and I know about these things, and so as I'm talking to these officers about... You know, kind of like the you way things work words. at our... Sh- yeah, right? <laughs> um, you know, w- all of this knowledge that I'm trying to help our patients with their ailments specifically, not just trying to get everybody high. So you can do your job better. You have to know about what's what so right. that you can well, better Why would serve- I have a low-potency medicated cooking oil and a higher-potency medicated cooking if oil? If everyone just wanted to get fucked up, all we would have is the bomb. Right. And that's it. We, we wouldn't carry a lighter, concentrated form of something because somebody doesn't want to get all fucked up they want to be able to receive the therapeutic effects from cannabis and not be blasted out of their mind all day like do they that's, know a, that's that a common that's a common request from patients <laughs> there are a lot of people that don't want something that's ultra potent yeah. because it's too potent do for these them. cops know that there are strains that have strictly therapeutic effects and zero psychoactive effects do they even have a clue absolutely about not this? It's all it's marijuana. All, it's all that shit. When they, they were emptying the all my jars and all my inventory, they were just pouring it into bags. Like all, like, like you want to keep mixing. that separated. You just cross contaminated your whole sack of evidence there, right? right. And so, and, and wow. I mean, as a semi connoisseur or somebody that you know enjoys knowing something about cannabis, it was like, um, you just take like the coffee bean thing, just throw it in there too. <laughs> like, no, you know what they did is so I have these two bags, these hemp. Woven bags that had coffee beans, so you could smell the coffee beans in between smelling jars. You know, like at the perfume counter or whatever. Yep. I and they, that was awesome. they, of course, looking for cocaine, they open these bags. They cut and, them all open and yeah, and poured the coffee beans yeah, into a I jar. Saw that when I was in, you know, there, to make sure. Just- that, you know, and the officer's like, coffee beans. And I'm like, yeah, to clear, cleanse your palate. I'm so sorry that you are so disappointed in what you found in my shop that. It- like oh, right. not more drugs. <laughs> like, right, like, you are too motivated to bust people. That right there is the clear uh, the conflict of interest that we're seeing in all of these official uh, their their positions. Mm-hmm. Is that they're let down when they're not finding shit. You should be happy that he was obeying the fucking law and not be like, oh damn, I guess we're gonna have to plant something. Yeah, right. No pun. Like, um, God, I offered, you know, that's so aggravating. The officer asked me how much marijuana was there. And I said, well, I don't really know exactly. I could, I, I'll print you off an inventory list off the computer and it'll tell you exactly how many grams are here, how much cooking oil, you know, and we could, you can round it all up and compare it to my inventory list. And the officer says, no, we don't need to do that. Oh, that, really? No, nah, sure? that's all right. We'll find everything. You don't want to show something for all of this time, effort, and money the taxpayers just wasted? Yeah. We also, we have this glass shop, and the warrant said that it's explicitly to take all drug paraphernalia, 
pipes, scales, everything. Now, does it say these are for marijuana smoking, or does it say these are for tobacco use, or does it not? Well, the say glass shop is a tobacco accessory shop. I right. mean, you can't sell bongs. I you got to sell water pipes. Anyone can go in there and Correct. buy. You don't have to be paid right. Um, they didn't want to pack up all the glassware because it was too much work. I mean, you know, we got wow. quite a bit of glass. What are we paying you but for? It was a little too much work, and they, you know, before and that's they good. Yeah, and well, we're I still guess. giving something away for episode 100. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Podcast.com slash forums. Go uh, tell us what you want. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys want now that I've been raided by the <laughs> fucking federal yeah, government? What can we do for you? Yeah, now you still want something? I want something from you. <laughs> That's God right. damn it. Um, so let's see. Uh, so, yeah, they finally unhandcuffed me, told me to go get a cup of soup or get a coffee or whatever because they'd be done in about a half hour and, and they'd want me to come back down so that I could, you know, obviously run the shop or close up or whatever I wanted to do. Um, when I came back, it was so funny because I come back and, you know, they were literally packing all their stuff up, getting ready to leave. And, and the DEA agent goes over their a list. Their stuff of, or your stuff? Both. Oh, okay. Well, it was then their stuff. <laughs> right. So they're packing all their stuff. And I think they had like a drug testing kit. Like, I don't know if they were testing surfaces or whatever, but, you know, the, there must have been 15 different people in my shop. And some of them were like not in uniform, like younger women with like scientific kits. I don't know. It was really bizarre, and they CSI? were being they were they were being escorted by officers, like you know, being protected, like they were in a dangerous environment. It was it was really bizarre because like we bagged up the pot, but it might get loose and it might right. cut your throat. So everybody had on latex gloves. You know, well, what I'm that's saying? to not contaminate. I understand that. But sure, it's it's but it's not that dangerous. Eh. Like touching stuff there, I thought it was just to prevent leaving fin- fingerprints. To be honest, that, yeah. Well, I mean, um, when you steal things, you never want to leave fingerprints. Yeah. Um, no fingerprints and no video. So, <laughs> yeah, and like we were saying, like it seemed like they started out hot and heavy, and then as the time wore on, it was kind of like, oh, well, shit. Well, here we are. I guess let's grab the cannabis and go. Wow. Um, pretty much the only thing that they took, they didn't take the laptop from the, the shop. They didn't take any files. It didn't even look like they logged into it. I know. I don't think that they like did. just like chilling there. Like, please log in. No password. It's cool. Yeah. And there is no. Yes. Yeah, all you would have had to do is hit the enter key and it would have logged into the computer. Um, you know, they, they, they cleared out all the cannabis from the shop. Broke they, a jar. They did break a glass jar. But you know what's funny to me is that if they were really concerned about getting all the cannabis out of there, they would have taken the jars too because, I mean, they're just – they're covered in crystals. The inside of the jars, I mean, they look cloudy. There's so much crystals in them. Yep. And so, like – but they left all that. You know, there's, like, crumbs of this and a little bit of that and, you know, little particles of stuff everywhere. I mean, it's a yep. dispensary. What do you expect? And so – um it was just so bizarre. I'm, I'm, you know, get told to leave. Like, will you at least arrest me so that we can? Yeah, like, nobody anything? was arrested. I don't think anybody spent more than forty five minutes in handcuffs. Uh, no, no charges were pressed f- on anyone. But the, the most like starking thing to me, or the most like the thing that just blows my mind, is that they didn't. It just feels like they didn't do any investigation into us. Like, they didn't know who I was. And, you know, I've worked there pretty much every day. Year old intel is what it sounds like. Correct. And they didn't bother to update their uh, little files. You know, um, on our, on our, uh, you know, there's more than one person on our lease agreement on the building, and they didn't know who the other person was. You know, they didn't have any interest in any of that. Um, 
so they pack up all their shit. They leave. Um, I, I left too. I locked the doors. I just wanted to go clear my head for a while. I ran to the store and, um, did a couple other little errands, mostly just drove around and, you know, I smoked a cigarette or two. And that's and when just I saw like, you. Man, I this saw is... you going out the door while I was in handcuffs talking to them all. And I really, I talked about this last night. I wanted to be like, Ian! Ian! <laughs> 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 yeah, like, why is he in handcuffs? Like, he's not even a patient. Like, what the fuck? He's our water guy. Yeah, but like. He was filming. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no. let him deliver my fucking water. Oh, Jesus. Shit. That was so great. Um, Justin Fan Turquoise or Light Whatever says, Light why did you choose not to talk to the press? Um, That's because I co-host the Hotbox and figured I'd talk here first. That is a good um, point. And plus, you know, like, at that time, too, though. You didn't talk. We didn't. There was no talking. No, because I you didn't have really to see what's going I don't, on first. You and need that's a the thing is that you know, you know, I'm not allowed to speak for anybody else that's involved. I, I, I you know, I can talk about my personal experience, which is really all I know about. You know, right. they, that's they, what I I wanted to do that too. But I was like, I I should wait because I'm really not not in the mood to like discuss certain things right now. It just right. you say things because you're fired up. You're like mm-hmm. this you just fucking robbed me. Like, you know, you you need to at least give it a day to let your thoughts kind of When so I, I I left for a while and then I came back and uh um when, when I walked into the shop there's a there was a Manila folder sitting on the counter and Ooh. obviously it wasn't something of mine it was something obviously. that was yeah it was something that was left there and so you know it was sitting there open and I walk over and look at it and it seemed to be really sensitive materials names Top phone secret? numbers confidential you know, just probably something that I'm sure the officers that were there probably didn't want anybody seeing because their sure. phone numbers their names you know Interesting. stuff like that and so I closed it up and you know, here's this folder that the federal government left on my counter. Like, what do you do with that? Was it like wrapped in a little bow? <laughs> no, no I, to it, Ian it seemed like uh, you know. And honestly, is what I thought left was in haste, left in haste, or be like bait, really? giving him a reason to come back. Ah. Oh, we left a folder right. here. Hey, are my car keys here? Hey, yeah. Can we go out on another date? No? Okay, I'm leaving. Yeah, right. And so, Weird. you know, th- the police station's less than a block away. So I grab the folder and I walk down to the police station and walk into the police station and I tell the lady that- that's there, is like, uh, yeah, the federal agents that were at my shop today left this. I was hoping you could help me find, you know, help me get this back to them. And the lady's like, the federal agents? Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I work at the dispensary down the street. And she's like, oh, yeah, um, sure, let I'll me do wait what I, right here. Yeah, I'll do what I can about getting this folder back this to them. Chair. Yeah, right. Well, you're not gonna arrest run, this guy. Get you know, guys. like um, took it. That's obstructing justice, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> was there a bag of cocaine in there? I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Right? Is this? Ooh, okay. And then they come back. Ah Got you. We knew it. Um. Oh, so I turn man. the folder in, and you know, it's not mine. I. It's not. It's obviously some sensitive material that was left there, like, on accident or in haste or whatever, or on purpose to see sure. what I would do with it. Yeah. Um, so I did the, the good citizen thing by taking it down and turning it in. Um, later that evening, the um, DEA agent called me and asked if I was the one that turned it in. He inquired if I made any copies, and I said no, because I didn't make any copies of it. I sure. just took it down to the police station, turned it in. He said, man, thank, thank you so much, because you know that just shows me that 
you know, that's a big token of trust because it was sensitive material and it wasn't for everybody's eyes. And I'm, you know, I thank you for turning it in and not, you know, and I said, you know, I told you earlier that I'm not here to cause any problems. I'm just doing my job. Like yep. this isn't, this isn't a big game to me or, or I'm not getting away with anything. You know, I, I make or an hourly wage. Pull one over on you. you know? Yeah, this is exactly. A job. And so, you know, at this time after he said thank you to me, I, I inquired. I said, you know, is, 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 am I going to face any criminal implications by continuing to serve patients? He kind of took a breath and said, well, no, but I suggest that you find a different line of work. Wow. Well, sure. I, 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 I would I recommend the same to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I wanted to ask, well, are you hiring? Yeah, right? That's... <laughs> Oh no! Well then, you know it's tough in Montana right now, and yeah, I'm sorry well, that I guess McDonald's will. You know, yeah, you know I okay. Sure. So I'm not facing any criminal implications by continuing to work at a dispensary. And times are tough. The man. answer was no. And you know when they were leaving the place in the uh, earlier in the day, I mean it was like, well, you can stay open or you can close or okay. Well, let me sell whatever I can scrape together from this right jar you broke. <laughs> <laughs> I know, wow. right? And I and I think that somebody pocketed my sour diesel label because I can't find it either. Huh. Oh, damn it. Evidence. Uh, yeah, or something. <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> so oh, I got man. told that I'm not facing any criminal implications and continuing to serve patients isn't really going to be a legal problem. And I and I really think that that's just because they didn't find, you know, they didn't find a quarter million dollars and 100 pounds of pot sitting somewhere. Like... Well, if they didn't look under the couch. Huh? Uh, under the couch, guys. Door number three. Come on. Um, There's not... I, th- I think that their their seizure really kind of lost its, its luster. Do you think this is going to have any effect on future raids? Do you think these no. people are going to keep this in mind and no. be at least more polite? You know what? They were actually very polite after the first 20 minutes. That's... I mean, That's everything cool. calmed right down. All of a sudden, you know, um, officers were talking about football, and you know, people were chit chatting in the back. Kind of side comes out after right. the guard gets after they after they so bust down and and get everybody all riled right. up. We've and established then who's the alpha here. Okay, good. right. So and did then, you guys catch that game last? Exactly, and so and then it, and then it became. I mean, because I didn't have anything to hide, and I had nothing to lie about. Sure. I I think that I think that the general attitude or the general feeling of this whole um, day really kind of calmed down. And then you know, I even asked to go out and smoke a cigarette, and and one of the officers accompanied me outside so I could smoke. You know, and he said, oh, "You better not run because I'm too fat to chase you." And I was like, "Man, <laughs> I, I'm too fat to run." And he's oh. like, "I'll just shoot you in the leg." And I'm like, "It's a good deal." <laughs> We're making jokes. Now you and me, this is yeah. Nice like right you're here. gonna shoot me in the leg, and I'm just I'm going out to smoke a cigarette because right. this is stressing me the fuck out can with you, all of you guys you in my shop. Can you run my friend with the camera? So he, <laughs> yeah, like what? Um, um, Justin Van Auburn says, "What did they say about Ed's jar? What is uh, Ed's jar? Is that the MTCIA money? Yeah, that is. I have a donation jar down there. You know what he said is that because uh, there's probably twenty or thirty dollars of donated money in there. Whoa. Oh yeah! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. I'll tell you from where from the millions go. You should have seen him unpacking that thing. Like, well, we'll just leave a little in there so it doesn't look suspicious. And it's so funny too because I, the, the thing about Ed's jar is, I'll expand on this a little bit. Is that um, when they asked why um, why I only had one patient card, one provider card, and I said because the MTCI recommended that I get a provider card to show that I'm eligible to distribute marijuana. 
Um, they 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 wanted to know who my contact with the MTCIA was. A and I, doctor. And well, it's Kate not Shola. even that. The deal the deal with MTCIA is is I go to the meetings, the the MTCIA meetings. Right. Like a, I don't really contact anybody directly with the MTCIA. You know, I've had to in the past with fundraising things, and I had direct questions. Well, sure, but I don't like have a direct contact. And yeah, Ed's the Ed's the like the he's the board. one going to Canada to get the pot or something, <laughs> right? Like, and on, so dude. at a meeting, literally, it was kind of like suggested as a good idea. And so anything to protect myself and whatever, Absolutely. I went and got a, a card. And so. Um, after asking me about the MTCIA and who my contacts were and who all of that stuff was, you know, my answer is it's it's a it's a public committee. Like you can go to the meetings. MTCIA.org. And I had the shirt on top to look it up. I had the shirt on the what happened to the will of the people thing. Um, well, is what they said about Ed's jar was one of the officers said, well, we're going to we'll, we'll leave Ed's jar here and and the money that's in it. Um right. Thank you guys. Which I is mean, funny because they nice obviously know them. who Ed is and and they know that it's a donation jar for that and they didn't want to take the money out of it. They just they just left it there, but the comment was we're just going to leave Ed's jar here. I also they also apologized to me for going through my personal effects, you know, my briefcase and my stuff, they you know. Went through all that stuff? Absolutely. Looking and, for the cocaine, obviously. Right, you know, and then they found my journal and some highlighters and some other, not a journal. Oh, hey guys, check it out. He's a poet. Let's read some of this fag. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you guys are mean. Yeah, right. Um, you know, just just personal stuff and 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 I was apologized for having to go through my personal stuff. Not that I had any I, I mean I knew they were gonna. I mean, obviously they're here to do that. Right. Yes, caller, you're live on the hot box. What's up? Turn your feet off in the background. Hey, I'm trying to turn it off. I'm not fast enough. Come on, Ed. I'm Ed. Trying. Ed Doctor, MTCIA. What's up, man? I'm trying. I don't see where my volume is. There it is. Turn I got it. The... There it is. Uh, that wasn't my jar. So professional. Uh, I don't know whose jar you're talking about there. Um, must have been... I don't know what other Ed you're talking about. Who's Ed? Ed who? Hey, I... Exactly. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out this out. And he's just a mythical creature that once ruled a great land. A land of cannabis growing everywhere. Oh, oh tell us more. <laughs> oh, tell us more. Um, yeah. What, yeah. So what are you up to? Oh, not too much. Uh, just inviting you guys to a press conference next week. And where is this at? Maybe in Helena. To ask our governor to please do something about this. Um, what, what do you, what do you think that, uh, a response about that would be? Well, I think, you know, I think it's important to just, quite frankly, ask the governor to stop this whole goddamn problem, this, this whole program, just stop it. If he's not going to step in, if none of our federal, uh, none of our, our state representatives are going to step in and stand up for any of our citizens, because you know what? I don't care who's doing anything right or wrong. What they're doing to these people is, is wrong. It's a human rights issue. It, it's, it's horrible. A lot of these people that have gone through this can't eat. They can't sleep. It's, it's just a horrible thing, it, it's, and it's sad, and I think it's got to stop. You know, I talked to a lot of these representatives, and, and we're really starting to make a point of educating everybody, and I'm going to tell you, who I've talked to so far, they don't know. They don't know that marijuana is scheduled along with heroin. They don't know what the DEA does during these raids of these people. They just don't know, and this is our country. 
you know, this is not their country. This is all of our country, and it's just unfair for them to treat us this way. And I, and I think uh, I think Montana is a great place to change it. I really do because I think you got a lot of people that are interested in states' rights. And I think once people are educated to the, you know, just to combat the taboo that's existed for so many years, I think that we I think we can do it here. We can reach out to all these people. Hey Ed, why do, why do you think that California got a forty five day notice and we didn't get any notice? Like they just come through the door ready to uh, do a search and seizure. Where in another state they say, all right, well in a month and a half we're going to come around and check on you guys. And then they didn't do it anyway. Yeah. So why why is it in Montana that we get you know, we get the this I, brunt force. I think the this... country doesn't pay attention. I think the country doesn't care what happens in Montana. I think it's quite obvious. But they're um, starting to know, now. The more people get their news and stuff online, like this stuff spreads quicker than the, the mainstream media is allowed to feed it to us. And I think the more these people start to watch, they'll start to realize what's going on, and that's our force. Maybe. I hope so. And... You know, at a press conference, and that's just the thing, is that, you know, going going out is what I'm trying to avoid is, is like that I understand that, uh, you know, these federal agents are, are, they have orders, you know, and I, and I don't want to like come off as saying like, hey, fuck you guys, or you know what I mean? I, this isn't like... What we have to do is change the orders they're being given, and we have to fix this massive conflict of interest to where they make money the more criminals they create. That has to stop. Well, yeah, and I think the message has to be, this is about states' rights. I'm not defending anybody. I won't defend any patients. I won't defend any providers. I'm going to defend what's right. And I think what's right is saying no to the wolf, saying no to real ID, and saying no to marijuana when it comes to the federal government in Montana. I don't see why we can't. And I just think we need to put the pressure on our elected officials to do so because it's the right thing to They're do. Afraid. We They're afraid. We're going to lose all of this federal funding, and then Whitefish Montana is going to be filled with potholes. Oh, wait. <laughs> How are the roads in Whitefish? Do you think, do you think that... Filled with potholes? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, You're right. So, um, yeah. like, like I was just going to say about a press conference is, is that, I, that I don't want to make a, hey, fuck you statement. I mean, the, I mean, the worst part about all of this is that, you know... Uh, out of the out of the handful of patients that I have, like I'm now no longer able to, you know, like I, I don't have the 24 different varieties that we've had, and so I can't, you know, like there's some patients that are gonna not be able to obtain their particular strain of cannabis that works for them. It's almost but, like an antitrust thing or an anti-competitive, but instead of your competition suing you for patents, like oh, I don't know, maybe Apple and Samsung in the tech world. It's the federal government coming in and being like, nope, too big, cut you off at the knees, start over. And then, like, you have to keep rebuilding, but it's them you're fighting against, and we shouldn't be fighting against them. We should be having this healthy competition that, you know, it, it, it seems very underhanded that, you know, you say it's capitalism and business is cool, and then you come and make us have to start over. That's expensive. And you can't get loans. Can you go to the bank and get a loan for this business? No. Yeah. You also so can't insure you... your inventory. Exactly. Or, because you know what I mean? they you, don't want to pay you every time the feds come and you know, steal shit from you. And, and that's, that's something else about um, – th- th- 
about this whole thing. You know, I made the decision and I and I knew when I started working down at a dispensary that there's there's a possibility about getting raided. I mean, the, right. there is a risk, you know, that you, you didn't know if it was going to be tomorrow or the next day or when, but there's a possibility of being raided. Um, it, it, to be honest, it's almost kind of a relief that it's done and over with. Right. Like they've come. You got the chicken taken, pox. Now you're immune. <laughs> right. Like, you know, are, are they going to come back? I, You know, I don't know. I don't know why they would. I think, like I said, they kind of. But as long as you're doing what you're doing, you're not going to get arrested. If they come back, they're just going to steal more shit and you're going to have to start over again. Like Which that's I mean, let's be honest there. What 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 did you accomplish? Yeah, I don't I don't understand how they can tell you know like take everything and then say well yeah but go get you know a job you're, you're not really kid. facing anything criminal by working here and doing what you're doing so but federally we are allowed to come and take what correct we want. correct yeah, I, I I really yeah, think that they were um um I I really think that they were like kind of bummed that they didn't find you know piles of cash and piles of cannabis like it it was really lackluster you know they they seized less than eighty five hundred dollars from us I mean and that's that's in the bank that's everything like less than eighty five hundred dollars like that's that's we're not retiring in the four hundred one k here you know? yeah like, like we're paying our bills and and paying wages and you know we're employing people and although that money that is being transacted through our business that's recorded is also staying in the local economy you know like it's it's so unfortunate that you know the focus of this even like I said it's not even an investigation like if they would have investigated us they would have known who I was or they would have known something about our business something anything other than the fact that we open at 10 o'clock in the morning and it's what's really funny about this is that you know earlier that morning before i'd gone to work i was like man i i don't really feel like going to work today you know <laughs> my girlfriend's like oh well you should just stay home and i said oh man could you imagine the bad things that would happen if i didn't go to work uh, oh uh, zing i should have just listened to that dinner. intuition <laughs> right yeah yeah so um, ed what what is what is it that people can do? I mean, is it just the risk that goes along with being in this business? Do you really have to be motivated by wanting to help these patients to put your life at risk like this? Or can you do what Ian does and keep perfect track of everything and only worry about them robbing you? Uh, you know, you worry about them robbing you, but there is a... I think there's a... I, I, I believe, you know... And my belief is if you're handling a decent enough patient load where you can handle it yourself or with family members, that's the way the state looks at you to do this. Because, quite frankly, everybody can be breaking state law. I mean, I've asked people to please, you know, employees. We, we need to get some cases going here and win them before we can prove employees are legal in a store. Some precedent you know, set. I, What's that? We need to have some precedent set that, you we know, do. when we this do. happens, I mean, this you is... You know, if you look at it, we're all allowed to be compensated for what we do in Montana. It's in our Constitution. And we're allowed to hire people when we're helping, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're anything where we're allowed to hire. We're allowed to pay people for their services. So, that's business. You know, I don't know what in the hell they expect. I do know that if you're not huge, you're not as much on their radar. It seems that way, but, you know, I mean, it's a... It, it, it's, it's a big game. I mean, I had a, a meeting in California last week or two weeks ago, and a guy that's really, really in touch, you know, he's, he knows the president, he knows Holder, and this is a pretty serious dude. And he told me flat out, he said, here's what your enemy is. They're well-organized, they're well-represented, and they're cr- incredibly well-funded. And until you're any of those three, you don't have a chance in hell. 
And that's the truth. And if you look at us in every one of these medical states, we run around like chickens with our heads cut off with no unity. That's why we're trying so hard at the MTCI to get everybody on board. We just need everybody. We need everybody to act as one. And I want to tell you guys this, and this is a great analogy. I came up, got this out of my ass a week ago, but it makes sense. You've got a herd of wildebeest that are hanging out there all together, and seven cheetahs looking at them. Those cheetahs can't eat any one of them because they look too fucking big when they're all together. But that idiot that wants to go and get that fresh patch of grass 100 yards away, he's dinner. Yeah. And that's exactly what this is like. And we are going to stick together, you know, and we've got to follow the same rules. If we're all doing the same thing, what the hell are they going to do? That's going to confuse the shit out of them. And just like they tell Ian, you know, well, we can't arrest you for what you're doing. <laughs> so you can come and take our stuff. Well, if you do that, we're all together, and they take somebody like stuff like Ian's. Well, Ian's got a legal defense fund, and he's got money because he was just robbed, and we can replace the money he was robbed for. That's insurance. That's association. That's unity. And it's got to happen. It's got to happen now in Montana and the rest of the country, quite frankly. And we're working hard at it. we got a lot of good people involved. Ian's, Ian puts a lot of work into this. And I thank you a lot, Ian, for what you do. And, God, I love you, brother, for being open. you got bigger balls than I thought you did. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, that's the other interesting thing. You know, we're open. I'm still servicing patients. I, you know, it's well, come it, on down. We just we just skipped. A, we, I was closed for two days before I reopened, just to kind of regroup and figure out what was going to go on. But it, you know, it, when it gets down to brass tacks, there, like I don't think that my patients should have to go without meds or should have to go without our service just because the federal government doesn't want us to be open. And I think that that's kind of the I think that's the goal of these raids is that they want to shut medical marijuana down. They don't want people to be open for business doing this. And so by going in and raiding these, you know, they were successful um, you know, by by getting by scaring someone and having them not want to participate in the medical marijuana movement anymore. And and we all know who that is, but because of their actions, you know, we lost somebody that was doing a lot of work for us or really kind of fighting for the right that we all believe in. And because of this raid and because of their actions that they took, I think that the, the innate goal of all of these actions is to get us to stop doing what we're doing. And we love it. We're not going to stop. You know, so you you use this scare tactic where you come in, you you put people in handcuffs, you take everything that they have, and then and then you know leave. So they're kind of left with nothing, and you know that should break someone's spirits. But is what's unfortunate is that a lot of us actually believe in this. This is something that we this is something that we honestly feel strongly enough about to you know I'm not sure quite the saying, but it's like you know sometimes in life you get kicked down, but it's, it's is what matters is how well you get back up, you know, or how well that you recover or, you know, how, how well you can take if it doesn't kill that. You, yeah. It makes make you stronger. stronger. And so Usually, in like our case, yeah, you came in, you took everything that we had. I understand that's your job. That's what you were there to do. But I'm here to do what I was doing. I'm here to service patients. I'm here to educate people. I'm here to take this movement and cause some social change. Disruption. And, and, you know, achieve something that no other generation has in the past 70 years. Like I really want, you know, it's something that I believe in. Um, people's choice of choosing a medication that works for them, let alone choosing a safer medication than a lot of other things is, is really up to the individual. And that's what I believe in. And putting me in handcuffs isn't really going to change that. 
I think yeah. I, I heard this on online in regards to uh, terrorism and stuff like that, but we have all of these social networks that we put information out on, and we know these a lot of these three-letter organizations these are very important mines of information for them to scrape. You can look at a cross-section of Facebook and a cross-section of Twitter, and you can kind of get a feel for how that area of the world is feeling, kind of an overall uh, measurement of you know how tense it are things. And one guy, what he started doing was flooding the network with signal he basically the information is worth it to them because information is hard to come by if you flood the market with information it becomes worthless so i think we should kind of take something away from that and just put everything out there the most mundane thing so if they wanted you know they want our information yeah here here it is here's all of it have fun going through that and maybe some of it's fake. I don't know. Misdirection. These, I mean, these, we should use these tactics that they're using on us to our advantage. And we can do that because we know how to write scripts that automatically say, this is happening here and there and there and there. They're not going to know what to believe. And I think that can be huge in at least keeping some of these people safe. You're going to use our information against us? Well, now we're going to give you so much information, you're not going to be able to use it against us. If they want to start a war, and I hate that analogy, but you're cutting off finances, you're cutting off supply. These are war tactics. You're making it like we mentioned last night, like the Marijuana Tax Stamp Act back in the day. You're saying, yeah, you can have it if you can get one of these stamps, but good luck getting one. We're not messing with patients. We're messing with providers. We're messing with where they're getting their stuff from. Like that, I don't know, man. It feels like we need to quit sitting here and being victims with it. I think we need to really start taking the fight to them and not in a bloody revolutionary way, in a civil, informative, nice way. Like, oh, did you, you guys want information? Here you go. And I think we need to start locally and then expand outward. We need to start getting these people out of seats that are running unopposed, that are voting on these issues. And we need to really just put it in their face that, look, we're going to win every spot from here locally all the way up to Congress, all the way to the very top. And then we're going to make the change. And the more these younger kids turn 18 and they were raised with the Internet and they know this information, they know pot's not scary crazy addictive and murdering i think those votes are really going to be a massive push once if we can get them to vote you know but we can't just sit here we can't keep sitting here wondering like oh my god am i going to get raided today like that's that's no way to live it is not but we really believe in it that much where you know the people go through it they really no, we do have, absolutely I mean, we it, do it's beautiful it's it's amazing when I mean, we're right we are right. You That's know that right. on the stand, when Mark Long was on the stand, he's a top narcotics officer in the state, he was asked one simple question by our lawyer. Has anyone ever died on Montana's highways as a direct result of marijuana use? Nope. And the answer was no. Nope. But I'm going to tell you, most people in this state think people die on our highways from marijuana use, and we need to get that out. We need people to know that. They need to make informed decisions, not decisions based on lies from the government. That's just, it's, 
that's got to end. Well, it's not even that. They're making decisions based on what they feel like would be better for their children. They use that a lot as an excuse. Like, well, the kids are going to smoke it and go crazy because it's everywhere. And it's like Ian said, you can't just... These kids have an easier time being underage and buying alcohol than they do going into a dispensary and getting pot. That's a fact. But they don't see it that way. They do not it's see it that way. Hey, hey, Ed, when was the when was the last time in Montana that an illegal grow got busted? Like a a, you know, a marijuana growing facility that wasn't registered as a medical facility. Yeah, it's funny you ask that because um, we had a meeting with somebody, and he's um, very close to the sheriff's department. He said, Ed. You know, I don't think we had any raids before the medical marijuana thing. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, you know, I, I bet I don't know if we have. I really can't say. I, I don't know. But I can, you know, I could be honest with you. In Montana, a place where you can move here and have no background check and just get a driver's license up to a few short years ago, I'm sure there's a lot of grower felons that probably have moved to Montana because they could get a license and have a life and come here and probably grow marijuana because we are off the grid and nobody does seem to care. But when it comes to this fight, you know, the, the people that don't want us to win, they do have an awful lot of money. They are well organized and they're well funded. I mean, it's, it's all up to, it's all up to us how we can do it. You know what other industries do when they need money? They pass that cost to the consumers. They just do. And it's not a bad thing. It's what we have to do to keep our businesses alive for the consumers. I think once we educate people on that, I think we're going to get a long way. I really do. Yeah, Justin Van Green says they're trying to dismantle legal access. Illegal access, not as much of a problem for them. No, not at all. In fact, it seems like they like it. They keep the border war going. Well, listen, they have to they have to actually do work to find the illegal stuff, you know. They can't just look in the phone book and be like, "Oh, let's go yeah. here today." And that's kind of why I asked because, you know, coming after us is like shooting fish in a barrel. Like, "All right, we're going to go into this oh, medical marijuana facility. Oh my god, they have cannabis here. And oh my god, that. they're they're yeah. growing cannabis. They wow. must have an intent to distribute." Like, oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Is that money there? Well, Money laundering. That's our job. We grow cannabis and sell it to patients. With that's, intent to distribute. That's, that's, that's our business model. You know, I mean, that's, that's how a dispensary works. Not, not, you know, we're not, we're not hiding anything. And that's why I kind of, that, I mean, that's why I'm curious to hear about, like, when the last illegal grow was busted, where the person didn't have a, a medical registry to grow cannabis, but was doing it anyway. Justin and when did Finn he get busted? Green says Revali, Sam Brown. Is that, is that familiar to anyone? I don't. Let me. Uh, you know what? And there, there's a guy rich here in Whitefish. About seven years ago, he had a stroke. Actually, when the cops responded to it, they found plants. So that one I know about, but it wasn't really investigated. I don't think they spent a lot of time investigating illegal stuff because it's, you know, why? Why would they have to with medical? You know, we're right out in the open for them. We're yep. just right there. And it's and it's so it's such bullshit about how you know they're. Um, you, the charges or the reason that they got a warrant are like exactly what medical marijuana, the medical marijuana industry does. It, it, it produces marijuana. It sells marijuana. And like it, that's what, that's what medical marijuana does, you know, on the business side of things. And to be able to obtain a warrant for doing exactly what you are supposed to, I mean, like I said, it's just like shooting fish in a barrel. They went to your website and took the description and then put that in the warrant and brought it to Judge Lynch. And he was like, yep, that sounds good. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. 
But uh, oh. I guess I guess you know maybe in closing here, I just you know like I. I mean, as it was, as as having all these federal agents coming in and asking all their questions and implying all these things, and you know, using this kind of intimidating, like we're here now, we're gonna take all your shit and go. All of that said and done with, you know, I honestly, it's kind of a small price to pay for, you know, even helping one person out with their quality of life. You know, when when That's if, huge, if right? just one person, if I'm if I'm helping them enjoy their short existence on this planet a little bit more, I would go through all of that again just to help out one other patient. And that's why we're still here, and that's why I'm still going to service my patients because they deserve to have a safe, clean environment to obtain their meds from. Um, whether or not the DEA likes that or not. God love you. And can I just mention, in Copenhagen, they're actually getting pretty close to legalizing marijuana. I just saw this in the news. Uh, they have a special committee that's going to investigate the best way to proceed with the decriminalization of marijuana. And then they're going to get uh, parliament to approve it. And uh, th- that's that. And they don't just let a bunch of whack jobs run an initiative there? Yeah, apparently, huh? Weird. I wonder if anyone will try to repeal it. <laughs> what a joke. It's a joke. And we also see in Victoria, B.C., there was a uh, marijuana hunger strike activist. Uh, he actually died. Uh, his name uh, was Istvan Martin. He was 69 years yeah. old. He was a senior on hunger strike to protest Canada's marijuana laws. He died of heart failure. So, yeah, that, that happens, you know. Losing soldiers daily. Well, mystical, yeah. mystical creature from a land beyond. Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> Presidential there? candidate Ed Doctor in the house. Just kidding. Well, I'm waiting to get that marijuana leaf tattoo on my face. Um, <laughs> so waiting. How's ski shop biz? Uh, Keep him busy. Yeah. Are you hiring? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I said, are you hiring? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. I wish I could. That's weird that they wanted to put you out of business, and then they called my boss and tried to get me fired. Did they upping, really? Upping the unemployment rate five more people. Why did they call your boss? To get me in trouble. For what? For being out there, being an activist on business time. <laughs> I don't fucking know. What did your boss yeah, say? called his boss. My they boss was like, company. Matt, <laughs> you know these guys play dirty, and if they would have pitch something in the work truck and been like, what's that? He's like, just do me a favor. No more activism on work time. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> so, Well, you know what, Matt? You know, that's something that I think if that was in the press, the Montana people would think that's pretty petty of the DEA. Yeah, you think? I mean, I think that's... I mean, what What are they stupid to? I mean, I know. you know... It, it, I mean, obviously, it's never going to be fair with them. Obviously. 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 Yeah. Uh, what do you I do? I wish we just keep doing our thing. You know, they didn't even call my employer to, no, really? to tell them about me. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what a bunch You of know, they didn't, they didn't try to get me fired. Protect and serve. That's Thank really you. odd that they tried to get you fired, I but know, right? they told me well, I could keep my job. Was your surveillance cameras on? <laughs> That's, no, they were more no. pissed about me filming them than they were about you not having cocaine and meth. In your <laughs> I shop. think so. I really think so. And thanks, guys. If you guys want to listen to that whole story, me and Rose from Cannab Analysis uh, talk all about it on episode ninety-seven, the one right previous to this. 
And this is episode 97.5. Ed Doctor, thank you uh, for the call, man. We'll have to get you in studio so you don't sound like complete crap uh, next time. Yeah, remind me. Remind me when you're doing that. We'll promote it with our list. I think we should promote the show every week and get people listening. I think it's a great thing. And Yeah, we try. Uh, we're on and Ian, I'll be in there for that jar. <laughs> <laughs> I want my thirty-three. Wait, you're, and... you're going to take that now? I mean, it. I mean, no, it cleared the, it cleared the consider test. Consider that a donation from your brothers at the MTCIA. Yeah, no, nice. it's there's it's still there. Trust me. I mean, that's going to a bigger cause. Oh, and hey, for Ed, episode one hundred, we're giving away stuff for our listeners. If you got an MTCIA shirt or anything like that, you want to toss in? That'd be cool. Yeah, I got some. Uh, I'll give you some Kush shirts and some MTCIA shirts for S- sure. Sounds and good. Post on our website what you want to see us give away. Like, I don't know, something from the glass shop. Yeah, or some, all the listeners. Something. What I do mean, you want? A 30-minute massage. I mean, what do you guys want? Whatever something. you want. A flashlight. It's it's all up to you guys. Uh, <laughs> hotboxpodcast.com slash forums. Post on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash hotboxpodcast. So, Ian, I really, I'm glad you're okay for sure. Yeah. The, the well. first thing that went through my mind was, oh, fuck. I'm going to have to find another co-host now. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's something I just, uh, I'm sick of doing. You know, I, I, I like this thing that we got going on here. I don't want to find another co-host. So, thank you for not getting yourself arrested. Uh, I do appreciate that. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you had a chance to come over here before it got too far into the week while uh, the media was still scratching and clawing at your, your yeah, doors I get a, there. Yeah, I get a few phone calls a day. And still, huh? I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't really know what to say to those guys because I, I well, really feel... Well, you too, because here you know I'm not going to edit pick. you and yeah. make you sound like, oh, I want, you know... Exactly. Like, they, here you you can listen to the whole thing and this isn't going to be... Unedited, like, we post the shows. What you hear live is what right. is on the site at Hotbox and, Podcast. And I know that, I know that uh, the other day one of the news crews had their camera pressed up against the glass of the front of our shop and I opened the door and they said, oh, are you the owner? And I said no I'm and then just a worker bee. and then on the five o'clock news they said the owner refused to speak on camera with us and it was like wow what no i not only did i say that i wasn't the owner i refused to speak with you at all yeah it wasn't just on camera it yeah was like, like i i refused to speak with you in general you know so we had to like and that's another reason why i don't really want to talk to other like media people because even that instance they put that on the news and we had to call and they had to retract it on the six o'clock news. Yes, they had to say, yes. Oh, well, sorry, actually, you know, we didn't talk to the owner and right. actually, uh, he actually told us that, but we didn't think he'd be listening, but he right. was. So F us. Right. <laughs> right. So, so if you guys want, you know, these shows are free. They're all creative commons. You can take clips out of there and put them up. But if you twist words, not nice unedited or nothing all right that's right all right well thank you ed ian thank you, you thank got you any, anything else you want to get off your chest is that good no i think that's good just about everything episode. yeah uh next week what uh what are we doing thursday's thanksgiving uh mm, yes you know, i do a show friday maybe on saturday yeah okay yeah so saturday probably just follow we got, got the, something on friday going on yeah i forgot about that so, so probably saturday. saturday saturday follow the uh we got the google plus page and the facebook page that we always post at and twitter.com slash hotbox podcast if you ever want to know when the show is going live we always post there so check it out stay tuned and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week peace if you like you we, like we, this we, is where you where you need to be, be. <laughs> Like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Boss Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Boss Podcast.